Okay. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Your Head. I'm your host, Kristal Roots, clinical psychologist and founder of Psych Central South Africa. I just want to take a moment to really thank each person that's been listening, that's been sharing, and that's been giving us their feedback. It's been so lovely to know that people are benefiting from this and just being able to relate with the realness of our guests and what they've been sharing. My guest today is Natasha Yuber. Anyone who's been following Natasha and her journey would know that she's all about being authentic and really just being a real person. She's a young, inspirational woman who's inspired many women in South Africa to be brave and to really believe in themselves. She graduated with a BCom Marketing Management degree in 2020 and took a leap of faith right after to chase a lifelong dream. She entered Miss South Africa and finished second runner-up. December of 2020, she was appointed to represent South Africa as Miss Universe, at Miss Universe in May of 2021, and she got the opportunity to do so in Miami, USA. In 2016, her first year out of school, she started her own fashion design company, Natalia Jeffries, which is until day something that she's passionate about and do on a daily basis. Natasha, thanks so much for joining me. I'm really so excited for us to just chat about mental health, things that people experience on a daily basis, and also things that you experience that I think a lot of people actually wouldn't think of or don't always consider. So thanks for being open to being here and being vulnerable today. Thank you for inviting me. So many things to say, so many things on my heart. And I feel like as a listener today, well, to anyone listening this, hopefully they can take away a message. Hopefully this can be inspiring to them or just be, um, you know, an example that even though you have a big platform, have been through so many journeys that there's still a struggle that comes with it. Mm, mm. Natasha, so let's maybe start with just your experience with your own mental health and or just in the mental health field, um, what you're aware of, things mm. that, that you're passionate about. Mm. So I have to say, I feel like there's two phases of it. When I take myself back to only being 16 years old, my father passed away when I was you know, just turned 16. And that was kind of the first phase I would call of experiencing some sort of depression. And I feel like that's something so many people deal Mm. with, you know, losing someone uh, with grief, um, especially being emotionally so young. And I would say when I look back at my 17-year-old self and comparing it to the type of depression that I've went through last year, it's quite different. Mm. You know, I take away so much from it because I wish the 25-year-old Natasha could give that 17-year-old Natasha so much more advice on how to handle it, um, you know, that everything will be all right. But mm. with that being said, um, you know, dealing with with the loss of someone that's such a fundamental part of your life, um, it, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It really did touch a bit on my identity, you know, going back to school, seeing all of your friends, having parents, being happy, you know, just playing sport, enjoying just a basic, normal teenager life. And you get to deal with something much more deeper mm-hmm. and something that almost rearranges your whole life, right? So then I take it back to another phase of depression and I feel like it's not only sometimes a once-off thing it can be something that can come back something that you struggle with for years and years Um, some days it feels better than other days right Mm. and also with that being said is sometimes not even realizing that you are dealing with depression 
And I've, I've been there as well. Mm. So last year, after coming back from Miami, after Miss Universe, you know, I, I went to Miss Universe, with, Miss Universe with this big expectation from South Africa. Yes. <laughs> but also a big expect- expectation from myself. Mm. And looking back now and reflecting, I almost wish as if it wasn't really there. Um, because with the outcome, I did not make top 21, which which made waves in South Africa and was something that really touched me quite severely. Um, mm. It it you know imagine yourself being appointed Miss Universe South Africa. South Africa has been in the top two for three years um, going. You are going for the fourth year. There's an expectation. Now I also had to go after Zulzi, which was the reigning Miss Universe. So expectations was definitely there. And after the disappointment of not making top 21, I came back to South Africa, just to put it in perspective. It was so sunny in Miami. I was wearing the South African sash, like everything. It almost felt like that feeling of your career is taking off. Like Mm. this is what I envisioned for myself. Mm. This is what I've been dreaming of for since I was, what, 12 years old. And you get back and... You have to almost start over from scratch. It's winter in South Africa. You are not prepping for Miss Universe anymore. You did not make it. Now you need to find a plan B. Mm. And so I got back. Enrico had COVID when we got back in June. And so we were isolated for two weeks, which I almost feel like wasn't the perfect timing. Mm. Um, So in that phase of coming back and kind of mourning like this dream is something that I can close the book on and move forward, it was hard. I really did struggle getting out of bed, finding the right motivation because Miss Universe was such an active role in my day-to-day. I would wake up, either gym, do fittings, do ramp training, do elocution classes, life coaching, and you get back seeing a psychologist Mm. Mm. and I can imagine that it's just such a big loss as well so we often think about loss as just someone passing away Mm. but this is also just a loss of a big dream and just the loss of so much of your direction and plans and hopes that you had for yourself exactly and I think with that um, I had a lot of support family friends South Africans and so it was just such a underwhelming end of 2021, to say the least. Mm. And to pick yourself back up, people are now expecting, okay, cool, what's your next move? You know? Mm. It's like, okay, what, what's next? Mm. Are you coming back? Are you doing, what are you doing? When in actual fact, people not realizing, I was really struggling to comprehend that everything that I've worked for ended in a way that was very unexpected. And so... Social media does not see that part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To p- also put it in perspective, I left Miss Universe. I think I was around 80,000 followers. And not that it's about followers. I'm just putting in perspective the type of platform that has grown with the journey. And you come back with 220,000 followers. And now you are a spokesperson of some sort. You have influence of some sort. There's many other other young girls that would one day want to be in your footsteps, go to Miss Universe, also into Miss South Africa, and they expect positivity. They expect 
growth. They expect this woman to just flourish in her career while you are struggling mentally, waking up every single morning. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine also just being so vulnerable with 200 and like whatever thousand people watching you. So I can imagine that there's also also so much pressure of everyone going, so how how are you responding to this or what are you saying? Um, I remember being a person that watched like (laughs) that video that you shared of just where you at and how you were feeling. And I, I can imagine that it's so hard because there's just so much that you have to process and not having space for, to really just do that by yourself, but having to think about how does this impact, as you say, other people who look up to you exactly. or other people who had expectations. Um, so I think w- with um, when I entered Miss South Africa, I had this message and still have to uh, until today that I'm not going to be a product of my circumstances, but I am going to be a product of my choices that I make in life. Mm, And there was, there was so many young ladies or even young men sending me a DM saying, I also lost a parent and that relatability to me meant everything. Mm. And so going through the Miss Universe journey, I feel like I had this connection with so many people that could could relate to how I grew up. Uh, Financially, we didn't grow up well financially and we lost our family home after my father lost his job and later passed on so it was a really tough Mm. 13 to 18 high school years for me and that was a very strong and it was a core message in Miss South Africa when I entered so going to universe almost felt like I had this community you know you have these supporters South Africans really rooting for you Mm. and when I got back I was like okay you still need to believe in that message you can't let that you can't be a product of those circumstances of that outcome and it was hard following my own message Mm. it was hard at some days up until August so I came back in June 3rd of June in August I said enough is enough I need to seek professional help whether it's just to get it off my chest. And I think this mm. is, it's perfect actually actually speaking to you because you are in that field and that's what you, um, you are expert in it and how f- crucial it is when someone is coming back from something, you know, even if it's not you went to Miss Universe or play for the Springbok or whatever, but you, you had this expectation of something, this dream that you've worked for, put your heart and soul and time into it and or even losing someone, mm. losing a best friend, or mm. readjusting, losing your job, or you, losing a relationship. Exactly. It's almost mm. like you lose a piece of your identity mm. and how important it is to seek professional help. Natasha, I want to ask you a bit about that. How did you get to the point where you realized I need to seek professional help? And I'm wondering what that journey looked like for mm. you. So I came back and I'm that type of person which it's a love-hate relationship where I always want to keep busy. So when I am dealing with something such as depression, I try and be busy 24-7. Not dealing with it, not working through it and yeah, not trying not to feel the emotions. And so we were looking for a house to buy and within that, I think we bought our house in July and I knew, okay, three months, it's going to register, we're going to move in. And then we did these renovations. So I almost didn't have something to keep me busy. And I started realizing 
July, August, I'm just feeling more and more like I don't have any purpose. Mm. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to wake up and do anything. Mm. I don't want to work out. I don't want to have coffee with my friends. I don't want to do um, Natalia Jeffries. I didn't have passion for anything. And it was hard for me. It was mm. very unlike me because mm. there was always something that I would work towards or keep myself busy or motivate myself because everyone needs purpose. Mm. Mm. And so I thought I had this big purpose of going to Miss Universe as the first second runner up in history, which to me was already such a groundbreaking experience and you come back and there's nothing and so in August my best friend suggested because I was very open to her we um, communicated a lot about how I was feeling daily and she's like friend I really do think just go see because this was her psychologist that she's seen a while back just go see the psychologist just chat to her like even if it's no expectations even if it takes you a year to open up and I remember it was a day actually after my father's birthday, the 2nd of August was my first appointment and I sat there and I think I didn't even start with the first sentence and I just bawled my eyes out, mm. realizing how deeply it, um, it has touched me and how difficult it was for me to process that I need to get something else that I'm passionate about. Mm. Mm. Uh, we started this journey. I went for sessions every second week just to start off. Um, and it definitely did help. Mm. I think that it, the, the reason I'm asking you about it is I think people often struggle to know when to go to therapy. So a lot of people feel like, but um, my life must be in shambles or I must feel suicidal or I must have like this this breakdown. And I think it's really important that people understand you, you can go through any stage of your journey. And so even with what you mentioned earlier, when you started off with there's been depression in different stages of your life, it's not necessarily a case of you're going to be depressed all the time and that's the measure of whether you should go for therapy or you're going to be the person that's not functional and that's the sign that you have depression. You can still be positive for or, or like be inspirational you can still be optimistic you can still feel good about life in certain areas but at the same time feel really lost feel really without a purpose um and just not enjoy things that you used to exactly also uh the other day i, I was on set and someone we did like a vogue 63 questions behind the scenes and she's like, what's the most valuable lesson you learned out of your South Africa journey? And I paused and I was like, I would more specifically speak on the Miss Universe journey because that really, like I mentioned, touched very deeply. And I was like, vulnerability is not a weakness. Mm. In fact, it's such a strength point to have. And now more than ever, when there is someone in the public eye that people admire, look up to, and they speak on struggling with mental health or struggles they've been through, just be open and vulnerable. I relate so much more. Mm. 
And so it's it's hard. It's not easy going on your social media and crying to people how depressed you are. Because on the one hand, people also don't want to hear about exactly. that. Like where's this glamour life that I dream of? Like why aren't you showing me that? People don't really want to see the behind the scenes and the hard work, the failures, the depression, or, or even just struggling mentally. Like you said, some people struggle with an identity crisis, struggle with uh, are they are they worthy enough? Um, there's so many things. But also, when I look back to being 16, my GP back then, which is still my GP today, she wanted me to see a psychiatrist after my father passing and I never did. I never saw a psychologist. I I was very re rebellious and there was kind of that stigma around mm -hmm. you can't be depressed or, you know, back then. I mean, it's been years. And so when I started seeing the psychologist and I later on um, spoke to a psychiatrist about it, I haven't really worked through or processed the death of my father because I never seeked help back then I never took the help that was actually offered now sitting it's been nine years struggling with that PTSD um, struggling obviously with loss with grief and having to work through it now um, people don't realize it's not it's not something you can just kind of put behind you and say, okay, now I'm just looking forward. We'll forget about it in the long run. Mm. Not mm. at all. And I think people also need to realize that it's really, it's a process. It's a journey working through something that's really difficult for you. Mm. And you are going to need help. Like, yes, my family and friends were my number one support. They were so patient with me. They understood. It was never like, okay, Natasha, you need to get over it. Never. They understood how much I dedicated to this platform and that it was going to be on my own time. And now finally, only in 2022, okay, from August last year, 2021, I've been actively working through it and it feels, it feels so good. It mm -hmm. feels relieving in a way. And I think sometimes it... it it's overwhelming for people when you realize how much you've been carrying and then it takes quite some time to get to the space where you are relieved and where you feel like actually a weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. What I wanted to just touch on as well is, as you said, your family's been extremely supportive, but I think that that's, that's what people need to realize with seeking professional help is it's not to replace the support that you're getting from your family and friends it's a it's a different experience because with your family and your friends you still need to play a specific role mm -hmm. and so I'm sure with the passing of your father or even with the disappointment of Miss Universe they are in it with you and they're having their own experience of it with you whereas talking to someone and there's this whole I think people use the word process so much, we don't often even know what that means. But it's it's making sense of your experience with an impartial party that's mm. really not the same as you having support and understanding from your family, which not even everyone has. And I have to say, like, I fully agree. Because when you think of, let's say, my mother responding to me, crying on her shoulder about it's 
it's hard for me like how did I not get talk to anyone like I really wanted to make South Africa proud she will be like Ach nee, mis kat, soos, jy was die beste en ek kan het nou nog nie gree nou, where mm. a psychologist would be like, I completely understand your feelings, but how are we going to tackle it that at some stage in your life, it will you won't really feel it as intensively. Mm. Intensely. Mm. Um, and so I even realized that there was so much more I had to work through when during Miss South Africa, I couldn't speak about my father without crying every single time. Whether it was a question from the judges, whether it was in a conversation, whether it even was for our documentary, I couldn't, like I would say two words and start crying. And I knew I didn't work through it. I knew I was sitting there and I was like, why can't I stop crying? Mm. And only this year, I went to, I also have a life coach, Dr. Khadija. She's also a psychologist and she is incredible, really. It's like having a mentor is just so nice. And she said, Natasha, cool, we can take on and I'm doing the life coaching more in career sense, more like mm-hmm. I'm seeing a psychologist more for, um, I would say trauma that's been mm-hmm. in my life. But then I have this life coach helping me career wise and, she said, there is a few things we are going to have to work through in order for us to move forward. And I think that was the first time I could speak on my father without crying. And I think that's when you know it's something that you haven't worked through. Mm. When you repeated, repeatedly speak in a conversation about something, let's say I speak on the disappointment of Miss Universe, you know you haven't worked through it. I would say probably then you should be seeking professional health. Something mm. else that you take on in life. Mm. Almost not even looking that opportunity as something that could be life-changing. Mm. And that's what happened to me. There were so many brands that wanted to work together, TV shows, after Miss Universe, and I wasn't at a space to take it on. Because mm. I haven't felt like it's not as big as Miss Universe. It's not. I didn't dream of that as I did for Miss South Africa or Miss Universe. And... Nothing Nothing can replace that. Exactly, mm. exactly. Mm. Tell me a bit about how you are dealing with expectation from other people, Natasha. Mm. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I even ask myself, okay, how are we dealing with this? I'll be honest, I think putting out there, I'm just a human being, like I am going to make mistakes, like my English isn't perfect, like I'm not 1.8 meters tall, like it is what it is, like this is who I am, what you see is what you're going to get. And almost having that confidence in yourself and not seeking the validation from other people is how you manage expectations, right? But Mm. then there's almost this thing where I have expectations from myself. and it's Which is maybe worse sometimes. Yes, it really is. Um, when people say, no, man, your hair is looking perfect. And you're like, "Mm, yeah, but I have this specific vision in my head. It can be very unhealthy. So I think um, straight up just saying like there is going to be flaws. And that's something I had to learn as well. During Miss South Africa, I wanted everything to be perfect. Like Mm -hmm. Werner can tell you so much on this. He was so annoyed with me wanting everything to be to the T. (laughs) Like... I had planned everything in my head and he was like, listen, sister, everything is not always going to go as you envision it. When you were 10 years old, 12 years old, you're going to have to be spontaneous in some moments. And I think 
when you break that expectation for yourself, it's almost easier to manage the expectations from other people. Um, so let's speak on expectations with Miss Universe. I knew getting the title, there would be expectations because it is a competition. Yes. Like mm-hmm. they want you to win. It's like mm. you need to be the best. Mm. But what helped me there was um, the organization taking over my social media. So I did not look at any comments. I did not engage. I didn't look at posts, what people have to say, feedback, nothing. Mm. I only spoke to my coach and to my family and friends. And they knew they couldn't speak to me about, oh, well, this person said that your dress, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I didn't listen to it at all. And sometimes you need to protect yourself from it as well. But I think that people, like I think that message is so important. And I I found myself this whole past week saying that to so many of my clients, like you need to protect your energy. And I, I guess that that's something that's very much on my mind personally as well is deciding what are you allowing in and and what's the impact that people are having on you and how you navigate that. I guess people... Like with your example, that's obviously not something that people go through on a daily basis, the average person, but they need to understand that you don't have to go through it to that degree in order to say, I'm protecting, I'm doing what's going to protect my well-being and my mental health. We need to do that on a daily basis. So whether that's just you saying, I'm deciding to not spend time with these people or I'm deciding to um, not be on social media because I know that I'm going through quite a lot. Um, Like we need to be able to prioritize that without feeling guilty. I fully agree. And even let's let's take Miss Universe, Universe out of the equation. I have so many friends, even family that has deactivated Instagram, um, even this year like for months because it genuinely didn't do their mental health any good Mm. there was this expectation at why am I not driving this car at 25 why don't I have my own house at this age why don't Mm. I have the perfect relationship why don't I go overseas travel a lot why don't I have all this money and I fully fully agree there's many days where I don't even want to be on social media and where I'm sitting today it's my job yeah working with brand partnerships, managing uh, myself as a business. Mm. And these days and weekends where I'm like, I really am not, I don't have the energy for this. Mm. And I think even in a relationship with, with, with someone or a friend group, if there's someone that's constantly bringing you down, it's almost also a choice. Are you exposing yourself to it or are you the one deciding enough is enough like I'm Mm -hmm. not going to entertain this I'm not going to give any energy out to this um anymore so and it's difficult like I think us sitting here speaking on it it sounds so much more easier because I'm even like you're on it just do it (laughs) but then I'm like it's not Mm. that easy no you need to train your brain when that when that scenario comes up you need to be able to implement it Mm. it's Mm. really hard Mm. um So, yes, and I think in your 20s, I'm not really sure how old you are, but in your 20s, it's a very challenging stage, right? Mm. You go through, like even me now living in my own house, it's very weird to think like five years back, I was so dependent on my mom and 
not even having my own car or and now it's completely changed like in your 20s there's going to be so much growth and so much change happening that I understand why many people are struggling struggling with um with depression struggling with self-image struggling with worth value it becomes challenging Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I think it's so important what you're saying the stage of life that you are in um and I'm 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 not that much older but I'm in my early 30s and and I think like then you almost start realizing all of a sudden but actually I was so young and actually there's still a lot of time but I hear so many clients of mine that's also like mid-20s who's feeling so much pressure about where they're at and what they're busy doing and where they think they should be and it feels like a lot of people will say but I'm getting older and I should be here and everyone uses 30 as this benchmark of children having a house yes being married it's not reasonable but yet that's how society also sets things up and so it's something that most people go through but I think it's so like I love this the saying of an overnight success takes 15 years on average because people have this expectation like they might look at you and be like wow but she's doing this and this is the brand but it it didn't happen overnight Mm -hmm. and so and where you are now versus where you're going to be in five years time is also going to be so different so we we overestimate how much we can do in a year but we underestimate how much we can do in a decade exactly and I think we need that reality check to know actually I'm not doing that bad but people judge themselves so harshly with like what we need to be doing. Definitely. Enrique the other day I was also complaining with him saying like I before I even complain I'm like I know I'm fortunate like I know I'm very thankful for everything but and I go off on I want this and I really want to be able to do this or you know like I almost feel impatient like is it impatient? Mm feeling impatient like mm-hmm. I, I want this I want to be there I want to be on the billboard of this and Enrique and I spoke and I realized I was like Natasha you are 25 and how are you going to be able to handle all of this pressure for years and years to come if you aren't going to be easy on yourself at 25 mm-hmm. because it ain't going to get any better at 30 or 35 or 40 and speak, because what I'm trying to get to is the last two years, 2020, 2021, it was very career driven. I've entered this pageant. It was consuming my life. Mm. And 2022 was the first year where I could actually have social gatherings with my friends, have coffee dates, go to weddings. And I'll be honest, many of them, are, I feel guilty not Mm. doing something that was work or benefiting my career. And that's where I mentally really struggled was not being present and being in the moment a Mm. lot. I could sit at a wedding and feel, okay, but I know I don't have to, but let me get nice content for stones or it's unhealthy. Mm. Mm. I'm in my 20s like if I don't grant myself to enjoy my one of my best friends weddings or a coffee date or or a bride with my school friends is that balance 
but I think it's this 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 idea in society that we need to be hustling, you need to be productive all the time. It's like it's a waste if you're not doing something that's exactly. potentially like you need to be able to turn it into something the and, whole time. And it really is unhealthy. It got to a point where nothing it's very hard for me to admit this but nothing could bring me joy mm. you know i'm sitting in in my house and i it's my safe haven it's my safe space and i realized we as humans are so i don't know what's the word but we always want more and better mm. and it sucks Whereas when I took it back to being 16 and we really struggled, I didn't get a car. My, my studies wasn't paid for me by my parents because they physically couldn't give it to me. I was still happy. And you sit here 10 years later, listen, I'm still obviously happy and extremely yeah. blessed. But I sit here and I'm like, wow, all of these things that I've dreamt of that I have now, it doesn't make you a content person. Thanks so much for sharing that and, and for being vulnerable because I think it's so important for everyone to hear and to understand because we want to put things into all or nothing, kind of either or. So it's not you are either depressed and unhappy or you are grateful and happy with your life. You can be both. Mm. So you can sit with, I'm struggling with almost what's the meaning of life and what's the meaning of all of this while at the same time you're finding so much value and meaning in changing lives and inspiring people and being a part of awesome brands. Like it's it the one does not have to eliminate the other. But I think we often feel like you're so scared to say it mm. because if you say it, people are gonna think, but I mm. don't enjoy what I do. And and that's the reason why a lot of people sit with this by themselves and carry it and never share it with anyone because what if people think mm. that makes me ungrateful or it erases all of my success? Also, then I have to mention it almost feels like this pre-midlife crisis <laughs> that I've went through. But I, if I take myself back to 20, I would have never envisioned that I would be sitting here at 25. And I really am thankful. Like everything that I've dreamt of, I had a chance to actually do. And so these last three years, why I'm really like pinpointing to it the whole time is because my entire life flipped a 180. Mm. I also, first day out of school, started working full time, studying part time. I eventually, we did renting dresses, doing the admin job a uh, full day and then giving modeling classes after I was three jobs just, just to pay my own studies. I also, you know, as we are told, especially in the Afrikaans community, you work from eight to five, like, and you need to study, you need to get your degree. And, you know, up until I entered former South Africa, everything changed for me. Now I'm working for myself, you know, how, how effective I am on a daily basis. That's how well I do that month, if that makes sense. Mm. And I had to go through rediscovering myself to a point where I felt so, I wouldn't say raw, but so vulnerable at like, okay, yo, um, what, 
what's my life going to look like for the next mm. five years? Who, who is Natasha? What what does Natasha stand for now? And because everything changed for me, mm. everything. And even sitting here, and I think why I really wanted to join this podcast is for people to realize that, yes, it's awesome if you can dream and work for something and have have purpose in your life and feel like, you know, you are meant for something because there's nothing as great as having that drive and that motivation on a daily basis. It just gets you going. Yeah. But with that being said, how extremely important it is and something that I didn't do is to always, always stay grounded in, almost bring it back to that center, that core every single day and just, okay, what makes me happy? Like, remember to stay true to this and this because you can really, really lose yourself. And I feel to an extent I did. Mm. I was so focused at doing well for South Africa after Zorzi that I lost a part of myself. What makes Natasha happy? That's not not for the public to see. And I think it's it's great to to understand the influence that you can have on people and to use that very thoughtfully. But at the same time, the public is also like it's it's nothing in your life actually. Mm. So yes, you are dependent on the public to a certain extent, and in society we all have different entities that play a role but you also don't know these people and so I wonder how how much people are often in your possession feeling like I, I owe it to everyone but you also don't even know who these people are mm. like you have so much commitment towards strangers yes and people struggle to have that same commitment towards themselves yes yes and I don't think we will fathom that and I never did Mm. I really never did. Um, what I do love about this whole journey is the platform that I was exposed to was very, very pro mental health and pro owning your story and really speaking on it and mm -hmm. really influencing people on things that truly matter. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, I think this this journey of rediscovering myself was really eye-opening to see what really makes me happy. I had to really ask myself, it's, it sounds so silly asking, okay, Natasha, really, what makes you happy? Aside from social media and how you portray yourself, and I always try and do it as authentic as possible, and I always try and do the things that I love, and I put it out there for people to see. Some some things people will love and enjoy more, and other things people will hate. Mm. Um, it will always be like that. You will also have a few keyboard warriors that will sit behind their phones saying anything but won't say it to your face. So you also need to be very realistic stepping into the space. But it was at 25 asking myself, what type of mother am I going to be one day? What am I going to learn, uh, teach my children? It was very important to me. What type of wife am I going to be one day? Mm. Because that's the things you do 24-7. Mm. People won't see every single hour of that. And so it, it's very scary when you have to go through this transition of who you were. Because I'm definitely not the same person in 2020 as two years later. Mm. Mm. 
And that's the beauty of it. We are always changing and expanding and becoming different versions of ourselves. And I think the more we can embrace that, in that way, things like depression and anxiety is not only this negative thing. If we, if we grow through it and we actually go through it, we become a version that's maybe so much different mm. than if you never experience that and I'm not trying to to go like there's a silver lining with everything because I think sometimes life is really tough and traumas are really overwhelming and we would have loved to be able to grow without having to go through it um but I think that that we can find so much meaning in our suffering and in our pain yeah definitely and I even if I look back at what happened last year I almost tell myself but I love the person I am now. Like if that didn't happen, would I have been who I am today? So there is like that blessing in disguise kind of thing. Even though if I look back, I'm like, oh, couldn't have been like someone else. Yes. Or <laughs> could I just have gone through it, closed the book, be happy, got what I wanted. But life does take you on a journey. And I think people are more inspired by the people who have failed before and then succeed. Um which is actually many people that we don't realize. We only see the kind of the outcome, the success. Um, yo, everything is going for her. Look at all of her opportunities, but not even thinking where I was at 17 or 18 or 19, sitting in my very small office doing admin alone. And I'm an extrovert. So it was really hard back then, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is so important to always have this check-in and always be communicating with friends and family around you for them to understand what you are going through. Because mm -hmm. that's sometimes people keep it them to themselves. It becomes worse. And luckily in my situation, I'm a very verbal person. I love speaking about how I feel. It's very uh, therapeutic to me. Mm -hmm. And so sitting in a psychologist's seat and also just hearing from that outside perspective Tash, mm. this is what you are going through. You have mm. PTSD. I'm sorry to break it to you. Um, and then you don't feel crazy. You're like, okay, cool. You know, there is something. I'm not just, you know, feeling these feelings for no reason. Mm. Then on the other end, with that rediscovering came realizing, like I said to you prior, I have ADHD and, and anxiety, which I've never was diagnosed for mm. up until this year. And it's... Once again, you almost sit here and you're like, oh, I don't want to say that to people because you feel people look at you or think of you in a different way because once again, there's that stigma. And when in actual fact, so many people have so something, mm. whether it's not depression, ADHD or anxiety, something, mm. almost everyone. And I'm so glad that you're saying that. I always feel like, Everyone should just be in therapy at some point in their yes. lives because we all go through things. We, we have, whether that's adjusting to something, whether that's loss, whether that's really being a perfectionist, like there's so many different things that people experience on a daily basis. So I think we need to realize like you're not unique. It's not just I'm the only one that's going through this and why am I going through this? We need to just try and I know that it's not that easy but we need to accept that we're going to go through something mm. and and the judgment of that is often what isolate people so much and that isolation can really be like you can't be your own voice of reason 
with a lot of these things. We need to hear, this is normal, this is expected, this is what you're going to go through, um, which we can't get from ourselves. Definitely. And I have to say there were stages in my life where I would be so hard on myself that every single day I was having a negative thought of, no, that's why you didn't win or that's why you are just another one or just an example where honestly you can never be what everyone expects you to be, even yourself. And when you realize that, which is really a, it's, it's a amazing place to get to and I'm not fully there yet. Mm. But when you realize that you're going to be flourishing in your career maybe for the first two months of the year and then you're going to feel like, oh, but why am I not working with like 20 brands and why aren't people booking me? And I always had this thing. I was fearful of being average and I still am. When I dress up, I want to like be best dressed, you know, mm. or when I say, you know, and it's you can't always be the best. Mm. Mm. Like you just physically can't. You can't be the one that's singing the best, dancing the best, looking the best, best hair, near. Mm. Mm. But there will be one thing that you are really great at. And when mm. you tap into that and when you have full confidence in that, that's where that, like the, the uniqueness of, you, uh, of yourself comes through, really, mm. honestly. Mm. It's realizing you aren't always going to be the best at everything. Mm. And people also need to realize that. Yeah, but it's, it, it's a bitter pill to swallow because I think we want to believe that we can and, and that we should be and that there's the room. Like I think it's, it's quite depressing for people to realize, actually, it's okay. Actually, it, it's a big relief, but it's also, it sucks to realize I'm not going to be able to be outstanding with every single thing. Um, and that, that that's also okay. Exactly. Yeah, it's not, it's easier said than done. Yeah. Uh, especially in the industry that I'm in, mm. when I did Miss South African Miss Universe, it's a competition. Yes. Like, you want to be the best. Yeah. And when I went to Miss Universe, I was measured to Demi, Tamron, and Zulzi. And it was like, oh, but Natasha doesn't speak as good as Zosi. Oh, but Natasha doesn't walk as good as Demi. It's just an example. Oh, but her, she's not as tall as Tamron. It's always this comparison. And mm -hmm. even in the social media space, when a brand books you and five other people on social media, oh, but her content is better than hers. Nia, it's not, it's not always about mm. comparison mm. Mm. but what I did realize I had to be there because it was written in my life literally I was the one meant to be there even if I didn't walk the base and didn't talk the base and didn't what 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 I was meant to be there mm. Mm. and that was hard to comprehend mm. Is to, to tell people, yo, oh, whatever, I wasn't the best at that and that and that and that. And, but what was I good at? That's yeah. <laughs> almost how you feel. Mm. Um, and that was hard for me. And even in the space that I'm in now, it's if you aren't consistent and almost, and I hate this word of relevant because I don't believe in it. Like, yeah, maybe I'm going to be a mommy in a few years time and people won't relate to that. That's okay. But there will be an audience that will. Yeah. But it's this constant, and it's between people that always um, compare 
where people become depressed mm. or not confident in themselves or insecure. Mm. And that's what people don't realize. Yeah. So let's just maybe chat a bit about how you deal with your own mental health on a daily basis. Like mm. what have you found work for you or are things that you think like this is a part of me taking care of myself? Mm. I would say doing my sessions regularly. Um, one, for sure. Mm-hmm. Two, I try and work out, but I'm not fully there yet. But I think movement, um, good hormones, uh, mm-hmm. sending off and uh, that works for your body. But for me, being very verbal and communicating about how I'm feeling. Um, every week, uh, week for me looks different. It's more challenging, different things I need to do, maybe mm-hmm. feeling low on energy. And I have a tendency to just voice note my best friend, my sister, speaking to Enriku. And that really, for me, helps a lot just to always, um, to almost feel like I'm checking in with myself, mm. like admitting, mm. oh, I'm tired today, I am feeling overwhelmed because I have all of this and this and this going on. But then also, with that, finding a method of coping with it. So what I do, I literally go on my notes, I do a to-do list, where I've physically see it and I say okay nine I need to take the dogs to the doggy parlor at 10 I need to be in Brooklyn at that's not my day tomorrow then at 11 I need to do this and then physically ticking it off because that relieves a lot a lot of anxiety for myself which I feel have a contribution to your mental health Mm. Um, it's not when you don't feel overwhelmed you are more effective Mm. So that's the few things I do and also planning the day before. But when it gets to, let's say, the depression stages is really being close to your family and friends, making time for them more, being around people and not isolating yourself. I Mm. think that's like the key, number one. Mm. Um, And then if your psychiatrist feels like you need medication, to not always resist. Sometimes you just need that little bit of serotonin, mm-hmm. that extra se- serotonin that your um, body is needing. So mm. partially I do feel like that's where the ADHD really did negatively impact me mm. was I'm not a disciplined person. Like something really needs to almost force me in, in order for me to do it every mm. single day. Um and motivate me to a point where I'm like, there's no other choice. Other than that, I'm not the most disciplined person. I get bored quite easily with something. Mm. So let's say I need to like gym for the next seven months for the summer body or whatever, which I've never done. <laughs> I, it's like that thing of you gym the first week and then mm. yes, wear it. Mm. And so I think what would you say is your advice for people who struggle with ADHD and with discipline because like you said, when it comes to mental health, you are going to have to take certain steps in order for it to get better. Mm. I think um, obviously each person would experience different things. I think it's important that you, and that's why I'm asking this question, and I don't expect that you need to have all of the answers. I think it's it's good for people to just hear what you do personally. Mm. Um, but I think it's about understanding what are the things that helps you to be the healthiest version of yourself emotionally and for some people family and 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 support might be the biggest thing for others structure might be the biggest thing for others um having 
sessions with a psychologist might be the main thing. I think we need to be able to identify what's the core things that you're not like able to negotiate and what are things where you can say, maybe today I don't feel like this because I'm not in such a good space. If you know exercise is something that's really good for you mentally, then you can do that on a kind of on a sliding scale. So maybe when you are at your peak and you're feeling really great, you're going to be exercising really often every week and it's going to be a certain kind of exercise. Maybe when you're feeling depressed, that's going to mean you just stretch at home and that's okay. Mm. But you're still doing some form of that because you're not going to necessarily have the motivation to like get dressed and go for a run or go to the gym, but you're still giving yourself just a little bit of that because it's this big cycle when we are depressed of I don't feel like doing anything so I don't do things necessarily I don't have the energy but it's those very things that actually gives you the energy Mm. and that helps to break that cycle so it's also from this conversation allowing yourself to say you know what today I am going to rest because I'm honestly not Mm. up for it yeah and I struggle to take off days like I one of the conversations I had with the psychiatrist when we spoke like, okay, you have ADHD and really she was like, okay, we're going to have to definitely like find a plan of action. We were camping with my brothers and I, they were sitting at the dam river, whatever, and just enjoying a beer and the doggies are running around and they're just chatting and it's this nice convo and I am constantly looking for something to do. Then I'm at the tent just figuring and then, okay, I just need to get this. Um, and then I'm like, okay, what next? And I just couldn't relax. Mm. I mm. really, really struggled to just go sit and be like, I'm going to relax now. Mm. So I struggle to allow myself to say, I am really tired today. I'm going to lie in a bit because I don't have off weekends, which I definitely don't have now. And today is going to be my off day. And I think it's also allowing yourself to say, don't force yourself into something that's almost going to make you feel worse. I think the the one thing that I just, that I, I feel like we, we've mentioned a bunch of random things now. And if I, if I need to try and kind of put it together that I want to leave the listeners with and maybe for you to also think for yourself um, or reflect on is, I think it's really important if we take care of our mental health to find a space where we reflect on things. And so that's the point Mm. of therapy as well. Therapy is an hour a week, for example, that you are, you're thinking about yourself and your emotional well-being, which doesn't seem that much, but people struggle to make Mm. time. Mm. That's like a dedicated hour that I'm just thinking about. What am I feeling? What am I going through? And what does this mean for me? And so find a way to do that i recently um like my husband and i created a whatsapp group for both of us so there's one that's ruvay's thought diaries and there's one that's crystal's thought diaries <laughs> and we invited each other and then we left the group so i'm the only person that's in my group and he's the only person that's in his group and if he if if i find content that i want to remember i can share that there I send myself a voice note if I need to remember something or if I want to reflect on something or journal there because it's it's very difficult for people to actually go and sit down and write something. And so 
find a way that you can check in with yourself mm. so that you're not just, oh, I'm just lazy, I'm not going to, to the gym today, so that you maybe reflect on, I'm feeling really exhausted and so I'm, I'm taking the time and I'm making the choice that I don't have to do this right now. This is me taking care of myself. It's a mindful process. Mm. We just do things. We don't know why and we don't understand why. And then we also miss the red flags that yes. tells us that I'm going down that slippery slope. And so if you're checking in with yourself and you're noticing for the past five days, I'm saying the same thing, then maybe I, I realize that I might need some more help or that, that I need to take care of myself differently. But if we don't reflect, you can go a month without recognizing that anything's wrong mm. and only recognize it when you are already really down in the dumps. Down in the dumps. So uh, my other life coach, um, Khadija, she's like, don't call me doctor. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Khadija, she said, I must, must, must journal. Um, and not major, like you need to write now for two hours, but no. it was, um, what was one thing that made me feel good today and what was kind of the thought linked to it like let's say mm. oh my friend bought me coffee it made me happy just an example and then what was a not so good thought that I had today and what was that feeling that I felt when I when I thought about that thought mm. and then she also just said I must also check in how was my day write down what I'm feeling and she's like I'm not going to check back you know in with you it's simply just for yourself to realize that sometimes you keep all of this in for yourself and that's where things become your mind runs to a hundred places mm. but yeah that was the mm. I just wanted to when you said the whatsapp group I'm like that's a brilliant idea because yeah. I always have my phone with me mm. create your own whatsapp group WhatsApp, <laughs> whatsapp group Natasha um thanks so much for having this discussion for sharing of yourself um I think that people are going to find this so relatable, so useful. And thanks for just also normalizing things. I think that, that it's so important that there's people out there that has influence and that are able to reach a lot of people that just make them feel like I'm okay. Mm. Thank you, Fia. Mm. Really, really thank you. And thank you thanks. for what you are doing. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to follow or subscribe on your desired platform. I will be so grateful if you're willing to take the time to rate this podcast so that you can continue to learn more about various topics related to your mental health and well-being.